0: And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Infanticide now adopted by the Democrats. That's right. The killing of born babies is now being adopted by some. Democrats across the country. Hello, I'm Walker Wildman, host of Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us on the show today. A lot to talk about, some very shocking things to talk about, and one of them is what I led off with there, and that is some some major Democrats across the country are now suggesting, well, maybe it's okay to kill babies outside of the womb. So not just abortion up to 40 weeks in the third trimester. Now, let's talk about whether it's okay to kill babies outside of the womb. We'll talk about that today and many, many other things. You know, that's the most important thing we're going to talk about today. Absolutely, no doubt, the heaviest subject we're going to hit today. But another thing we're going to talk about is why raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour is a absolute no good, bad idea. So we'll talk about all those things on the show today. Once again, the network is American Family Radio, exposing Washington as a show, and I'm your host, Walker Wildman. If you want to visit our website, find out more information about the show, more information about AFR, you can visit our website, afr.net. That's A-F-R net. And there you can click on the podcast link and go two or three podcasts down, and there will be my podcast, Exposing Washington. Click on it. Catch all the shows. This You can listen to this show and past sh- shows there on our website, AFR.net. Also, keep up with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just type in my name, Walker Wildman, Facebook and Twitter. And then, of course, uh, the show is on YouTube. Type in Exposing Washington on YouTube, and you can catch our channel there each week. But, as I mentioned, this is very shocking, folks, but it's This is happening. This is truth. You're not going to hear this stuff anywhere else. This is the truth. You're not going to hear this from the mainstream media. They're not going to talk about this. But we're going to talk about it because you deserve to know the truth about what's going on in our country. That's why we have the show Exposing Washington. Most of the topics I talk about, the vast majority of what I talk about, have to do with what happens inside the Beltway. And Washington, D.C., people call it the Beltway. What goes on inside Washington, D.C., that's one of the shows called Exposing Washington. We're going to take a trip right outside of the Beltway, right outside of D.C. We're going to go to Virginia, right next door to Washington, D.C. And let me read you what the, the governor of Virginia said just this week. All right, so New York passed, New York State passed a horrible abortion law which allows babies to be killed. And that's what this is, folks. I'm not going to try to paint it any other way. I'm not using the the enemy's language here. This isn't abortion. This isn't choice. This is murder. This is killing babies in the womb. And now they're talking about killing them out of the womb. That's what this is. I'm not going to paint it any other way. But here's what the the governor of Virginia was asked while he was on a talk radio show WTOP in Virginia here's what the the governor said about a, a bill that was trying to be passed in Virginia thankfully it failed for now but here's what the governor said in relate as it relates to this 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 expanded baby killing bill and what it would allow here's what uh, the the governor said. This is why decisions such as this, talking about killing babies and and abortion, decisions such as this should be made by providers, physicians, and the mother and father that are involved. When we talk about third trimester abortions, these are done with the consent of the mother, with the consent of physicians, more than one physician, by the way, and it's done in cases where there may be more, where there may be severe deformities. There may be a fetus, which is a baby, which is non-viable, and and listen to this. Listen to this language. The Democrats talk about babies as if they're like like a machine, like a just just a tool we use. Non-viable. You know what that means? That means the baby has passed away. That means the baby, unfortunately has died in the womb it happens unfortunately that's what non-viable means so you notice they use these lang this language as if we're not talking about humans as if we're talking about our air conditioner you know our air conditioner is non-viable it's not working anymore no this is a child the child has died in the womb the child has passed away in the womb that's what non-viable means for the left moving on here so in this particular example if the mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. We're talking about, now the Democrat governor of Virginia is talking about born alive babies, babies who are, who, are, who are born alive, what to do with them if the mother does not want them. If the mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be would be resuscitated, which means uh, brought back to life or you know stabilized. If this is what the mother and family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physician and the mother as to what to do. So, the governor there basically just opened the door. For maybe we can kill babies even after they're born, not just in the womb when they're alive in the womb, but after they're born, maybe we can kill babies. So that's absolutely disgusting. And and I want to play a clip for you. This is on Fox News, the show The Five, where no, I'm sorry, not The Five. It's outnumbered. There's four women and one male typically every day and they have a a basically a a round table type discussion well here one of the hosts, jillian mali is the first voice she sounds like she's pro-life from what i can tell and so she's posing this question basically if i don't I'll, i'll let you listen to it but she's basically saying i don't know how we can keep doing this abortion thing and not understand that this is a child here the second voice that comes in is a democrat uh show uh, commentator. Her name is Jessica Tarlov. And this is on Fox News uh, on Outnumbered, the show. This is clip three. Let's listen. Here's what I don't understand if, if I can, I mean, ask everybody their opinion on this. If, if killing a pregnant woman is considered double homicide, double murder, then h- how do we look at this differently? I guess. That's just a question I have a hard time wrapping my head around. You mean That's if a, it's two lives at well, right, that point, it, but, how but do you still, separate but out But still now? considered murder yes. then? That's an interesting question. But, And I know, you know, tis my fate in life on the couch to be the one to defend Governor Northam's comments and the bills in New York and Rhode Island, which I think uh, do a lot of good in protecting a woman's right to control her own body and uh, what the Supreme Court intended with Roe v. Wade here. But the reason that it's different than murder is murder comes with malice and these late term abortions are occurring when the life of the mother or the life of the fetus is in danger and Governor Northam's clarification made clear that the baby that he was discussing was not viable would have lived maximum a couple hours outside of the womb Ooh, ouch are you listening to that how on earth Fox News lets that person on that's disgusting She's defending the Democrat governor's statements about murdering babies outside of the womb. And so what Jessica Tarlov there, a Fox News host or co-host said, first off, she said, it's my fate today to have to defend this, which is like, basically, I don't want to have to defend this, but I get paid to do it, so here we go. But what they're talking about, and she, she just said it on national television, She said, what we're talking about here is non-viable babies. What is that? What is that? How many times have we heard a doctor tell somebody we know your baby's only going to live for a couple hours after it's born? Your baby's only going to live to be one year old. Your baby's only going to live to be three months old. And, And folks, this is a sensitive subject. I'm not trying to take this lightly. But I'm trying to paint this picture for you that this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff, folks. What Jessica Tarlov there on Fox News and what the Democrat governor from Virginia are talking about nonchalantly is whether it's acceptable to kill a baby, to murder a baby after it's born if it's determined to be, quote, non-viable. And I can't count with you to you how many times the doctors get it wrong. How many times the doctors get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. I respect doctors. I don't respect ones that murder babies, but in general, I respect physicians. They know a lot what they're talking about, much more than I do. But we're humans. They get, they get diagnoses, diagnoses, they get them wrong sometimes. And so how many times, even with cancer, how many times have we heard doctors tell patients, look, you only have a few months left to live? Or they tell them, look, your babies uh, your babies may survive like an hour or two after it's born. And they've been told that. And it turns out the doctors are completely wrong. And, and I would argue, even if the doctors are spot on, you still don't kill the baby. Absolutely not. We don't kill the baby no matter what. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday, and we were, we, we were both like, I don't know why we would kill the baby, even if even if the baby is only gonna live a couple days or a couple of hours. What what makes it good to kill the baby? Don't kill the baby. Don't kill the baby. It's morally objectionably flat out wrong to kill babies, whether it be outside the womb or in the womb. And that's the point that I wanna get across here. The whole non-viable argument, all these are sideshows. All of these are sideshows. We need to stop talking about killing babies and we need to stop killing babies, period. No matter what, no matter what. And one more fact before I move on, is I don't want to hear one more person, one more low information person talk about how we need abortion in the third trimester. The last the third trimester would be the last three months, basically the last 12 weeks of pregnancy. How how we need to have abortion available in the third trimester for the mother's health. If the mother's health is at risk. Well guess what folks? Here's the reality. There is not one documented case you ask ask OBGYNs, ask doctors. There is not one documented case that I'm aware of where where killing the baby in the third trimester saves the mom's life. Now, is there a case where you need to do where you need to do an emergency C-section, where you need to extract the baby alive early? Yes, absolutely. There are cases like that all the time. But the the idea that, that we have to some there, that there's these examples out there every day where you have to kill the baby to save the mother in the third trimester, absolutely is not the case. That absolutely does not happen because abortion and early delivery are the same thing. They are the same thing. Whether you're snipping the baby's neck with tweezers to kill it. And then you're sucking it out with a vacuum. And I know this is disgusting. This is graphic. This is awful. But this is what happens. Whether you're doing that or whether you're delivering the child via C-section or naturally, either way, the baby's coming out. So why do we have to kill the baby? Why do we have to kill the baby? So the whole idea that third trimester abortions are necessary in, in, in order to save the lives of mothers, that's an absolute myth, an absolute farce. And if you'll study, and I'll post links to this on, on our website, AFR.net, but if, if you study what, what doctors are saying about this, what physicians are saying, they're saying, this is never necessary. We don't have to kill babies to save mothers in the third trimester. And so that's that's the end of that discussion, and we'll talk more about this uh, in the weeks coming. But one topic I want to move on to, I know I spent a lot of time on that abortion topic, but but this is serious stuff. As I said at the top of the show, killing babies is absolutely unacceptable no matter what Uh, one one other topic i want to talk about is how senator diane feinstein and senator kamala harris who actually senator harris announced her run for president in 2020 this week both of them wrote a letter to the white house you know there's all these court vacancies across the country president trump has been stacking the courts and this is a i'm proud of this president trump has been stacking the courts with conservatives in recent months, really since he was elected president, since he was sworn in to be the president. Well, Senator Senator Feinstein and Senator Harris from California are upset because guess what President Trump did? He nominated two solid constitutionalists to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, what some call the Ninth Circus because their rulings are so out of whack. Their rulings are so unconstitutional. They are the most overturned court in the country. Like 80-something percent of their cases get overturned by higher courts, by the Supreme Court, because they don't know what they're doing. They're unconstitutional jurists. And so I think it's great that President Trump just nominated two conservatives, two constitutionalists to the Ninth Circuit, and the left-wing Democrat senators from the state are upset. Here's what I want to say to that. Cry me a big... River. Cry me a river, Senator Feinstein and Senator Harris, because President Trump's got to keep stacking the courts with constitutionalists and conservatives. It's an absolute must. Another topic I wanted to talk about is, is I want to play clip one here. This is Nancy Pelosi this past week. You know, the Democrats, remember they said a week or two ago, and by the way, I think President Trump folding on the whole uh, shut down and wall money was a horrible idea. I said, from the get-go, if you're going to shut the government down, you better leave that puppy shut down till you get the wall money. Uh, if not, you're going to look embarrassed. Now, I know there's varying factors. People needed paychecks and to pay their, pay their mortgage, etc. Employees needed to be paid. But President Trump just flat-out caved to the Democrats. There's no other way to paint that. As much as I like President Trump, as much as I want him to look good in the news, he just flat-out folded to the Democrats. No other, way, no other way around that. No other way around that. Uh, here, Here's clip one, back to what I wanted to talk about. Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi. Here's my point here. Democrats said, President Trump, if you will open back up the government, we will negotiate with you. President Trump, if you open back up the government, and he did, we will negotiate in good faith with you. Well, here's Nancy Pelosi a couple days after President Trump opened the government, and she says, absolute no wall money. Clip one, let's listen. They're having a negotiation over it in there. Uh, there's not going to be any wall money in the in the, in the legislation. Uh, the, um, however, if they have some suggestions about certain localities uh, where um, technology, some infrastructures, as I said about the ports of entry, we might need more ports of entry. We I mean, need some roads. That's that's part of the negotiation. Well, there you have it. Nancy Pelosi said at the at at the onset of the press conference, Nancy Pelosi said absolutely no wall money, (laughs) no wall money. And so this is I'm telling you, the Democrats are so they're so I don't know what they are. I guess they're just smart. They know how to deal. They know how to will and deal. And they absolutely they absolutely rolled Donald Trump on this one. Absolutely rolled Donald Trump on this one. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi says she gets president, she forces President Trump to open back up the government. And a couple of days later, she goes, absolutely no wall money, no wall money, as if it's not even not even in the negotiations. So that's up to President Trump and the Republicans. They're going to have to get some backbone. I don't think they have it. Um, president Trump has some backbone, obviously, but the the Republican Party as a whole, absolutely weak, absolutely weak. Speaking of weakness, Paul Ryan Here's, here's what President Trump said this past week. Paul Ryan, the former House Speaker, promised wall funding and failed to deliver. Now, that's a shocker, tongue-in-cheek. That's not a shocker. I could have told you that from the get-go. Paul Ryan's the most conniving, backstabbing, con- uh, alleged led uh, Republican uh, in the past 10 or 15 years. He, John Boehner, and Mitch McConnell, they are so establishment, so swampish, that it's it's not even it's not even comparable to anything else. Well, Paul Ryan, which no conservative, my friends, he is no conservative. Here's what President Trump said about Paul Ryan before the midterms. He said it this past week, but he's talking about what happened before the midterms. Here's what President Trump said. Paul told me in the strongest of terms, Paul Ryan that is please sign this, and if you sign this, talking about the budget, the budget before in November that President Trump signed before uh, the, the midterms, Paul Ryan told him, please sign this, and if you sign this, we will get you that wall. That's a quote. Trump, President Trump recalled in an interview with the Daily Caller. Moving on here. Trump said he granted Ryan's wish. But he was disappointed when his when the Speaker announced his plan to retire before the 2018 midterm election. Once he went lame duck, this is President Trump speaking now, once Paul Ryan went lame duck, it was just really an exercise in waving to people and the power was gone. So I was very disappointed. So there you have it, Paul Ryan said, President Trump, come on, sign this horrible budget deal and then next time, I promise you, we'll get you that wall. How many times have the, how many times have the establishment promised conservatives something and never followed through? Too many times to count. Too many times to count. So maybe President Trump's learned his lesson, but honestly, I think it's too late. Learned his lesson not to listen to the swamp rats, not to listen, listen to the establishment Republicans. A bad idea. Whoever's advising President Trump needs to uh, teach him. The only one you can trust, the only ones you can trust in Washington are the conservatives. They're the only ones that keep their word. Moving on to another subject, the Bernie Sanders, Re- Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, who is, who is, I believe he just announced his 2020 Democratic presidential run, or at least he's exploring the idea. Well, Senator Sanders Proposed a bill recently that tops out the estate tax at 77%. You heard me right. Bernie Sanders thinks it's a great idea to bump up the estate tax to 77% for the quote rich. And so that's what the Democrats want to do, folks. That's what the Democrats want to do. They want to kill babies. They want to raise your taxes, they want open borders, and they want to give amnesty to illegal immigrants who shouldn't, be, who don't need to be here. They don't belong here. So there you have it. And when I say they don't belong here, you come in the country illegally, you don't belong here. You want to wait in line, then you belong here. You want to wait in line like everybody else, then you can come in. But you don't belong here if you're going to cross our borders illegally and take jobs from hardworking americans absolutely don't belong here another subject i want to talk about along the same lines of these these horrible ideas by the democrats this is from cnbc and once again i'll post all of these links all of these news stories at my podcast page afr.net click on the podcast link and then the exposing washington podcast page will be available there at the bottom But this is from CNBC. Democrats introduced Bill to hike federal minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. You heard me right. $15 an hour is what the Democrats want to hike the minimum wage to. This is not rocket science, people. It is not rocket science to know that hiking the minimum wage up anymore, especially to 15 bucks an hour, is a a horrible idea. A horrible idea. And here's why. California, New York, Illinois, these other states have done this and it's wrecked their economy. It's wrecked the middle class. And here's exactly what happens, people. Here's exactly what happens. I can tell you step by step and I guarantee you 100% When you hike up the minimum wage to unsustainable rates like 15 bucks an hour, here's what happens. Here's what happens. The companies say this. Here's what they think to themselves All right, I got to pay my employees 15 bucks an hour. Well, there's no way as a company, as a CEO, I can afford to pay all of my current workers at 15 bucks an hour. So here's what I'm going to do. First action I take as CEO. I lay off half of my employees. Because if I'm going to pay people 15 bucks an hour, I'm going to have to let some folks go. I can't afford that as a CEO. I'm speaking hypothetically here. All right, so I'm going to lay off half of my staff. What am I going to do next? The other remaining staff, I'm going to look for robots to take their place. I'm going to look for computers to take their place. That's what happens. And then here's the end result. Robots take our jobs and the middle class is in the streets uh, on food stamps going to the homeless shelter because they don't they can't find a job because they can't find a job. That's what happens when you raise the minimum wage to unsustainable rates. Jobs are destroyed. Jobs are crushed. Robots come in. Robots start making our hamburgers. Robots start making our vehicles like I mean, they're already doing this in some places. And so it's a very, very bad idea. One last clip I want to play. This is clip two. This is a representative out of Minnesota. Let's listen. I want to talk about Israel (coughs) because it has been a point of uh, contention. How can America work productively towards a just and lasting peace between Israelis and Palestinians, in your opinion? By having an equal approach to dealing with both. Most of the things that have always been aggravating to me is that we have had uh, a policy that makes one superior to the other, and we mask it with a conversation that's about justice and a two-state solution when you have policies that clearly prioritize um, one over the other. All right, well, there you have it. That's The reason I wanted to play that, that's Representative Omar from Minnesota. She's a Muslim, but what she's saying there? is we need to start favoring the Palestinian terrorist over the is- Israel. Israel. Over the citizens of Israel. Over the state of Israel. That's a dangerous place, and that's one reason that having Muslims in Congress is a bad idea. Because their faith, their doctrine, does not line up with the values that this country was founded on. Exposing Washington AFR. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week.